This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. Hotelcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Suite, the number one hotel chatbot focused on direct bookings and reservation productivity. My name is Paula. I'm the content creator at Ask Suite, and I will be your host today. Uh, before I introduce our special guest, let, let me just remind you all to follow us on Spotify. Just type Hotelcast, and you'll find dozens of episodes, each episode with a hospitality expert talking about revenue, distribution, recruitment, guest service, and much more. Well, today's episode is about hotel technologies trends in 2021 and the impact of the pandemic in the adoption of technologies in hospitality, both for hoteliers and for guests. Uh, many say that even the most traditional hotel now have to embrace technology due to travelers' new demands and the current job scenario as well in the industry because a lot of hotels have to downsize, so they have to do the same amount of work with fewer human resources. So to help me uh, discuss this topic, uh, we invited here the hotel tech uh, expert, Brandon Granger. He is the chief experience officer at Technology for Hotels, his own company, which is focused on working directly with hoteliers to help them provide the ultimate guest and team experience. So first of all, thank you so much, Brandon, for being here today and welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Paula. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, Brenda, just by checking out your LinkedIn profile page, you can see that you have uh, a long and very successful career in the industry. And, uh, and you do play more than one role, if I'm not mistaken. So could you just introduce yourself to our, uh, our listeners right now? And how did it start for you? And how did you get here? Okay. Yeah, thank you, Paula. Um, it, it is a long career. So when I left high school, to be honest, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I liked accounting economics, but I didn't see myself as an accountant. So um, I enrolled in hotel school. I did a hotel degree, like a management, you know, hotel management degree, very much management orientated. Um, I find out later that my grandfather used to, he ran, ran hotels. He described on his passport that he was a hotelier by background. Oh. So it skipped, skipped a generation. So I went back into it. That's um, so cool. <laughs> That's yeah, well, nice. it is. And it's, yeah, it wasn't too much later. Um, yeah, I, I found that and I, I posted on LinkedIn. I was actually quite proud that he described himself as hotelier on, he, on his passport. Um, so I, I did the hotel management school, um, worked in, in hotels for four or five years. Um, I then moved into consulting. So as a young 20, 20 year old, um, I was working for a company and we did feasibility studies for hotels. It was an accounting company. We had a liquidation department. We did feasibility studies. Um, and then in 1989, and this does age me, we had a thing in Australia <laughs> called the pilot strike. It was nowhere near as bad as what we're currently going through. But for six months, planes did not fly in Australia. So it really hurt the tourism industry. Um, 
the company I was working for obviously didn't need to do feasibility studies. The liquidation department became extremely busy. So I subcontracted to them. Um, I also got involved in doing my first uh, vendor selections for property management systems at two hotels working with that same company. Um, I then went on to work for a property management system vendor. Um, I started at the bottom in support and installation and training. And after eight years, I think with the company, I worked my way up to general manager. So everything, you know, I didn't make the tea. Well, I did. But, you know, I did uh, sales, marketing, and then I ran the company for a number of years. Um, then I worked for a, in the early days, in the early 2000s, for a company that did guest internet in hotels. Um, and it was the heyday, you know. Uh, hotels didn't realise at that point in time that they needed guest internet. It probably wasn't until about 2002, 2003 that, you know, guests started really asking for it. Um, but there was a very interesting time. So I had roles there doing sales, uh, marketing, and uh, I left that company as the, their product manager. It was a Australian company that actually became global to some extent, not very big in Europe, um, a company called Intertouch. It's had a number of different name changes. Um, and I then set up my own business, Technology for Hotels. So it's, a, it's really, when I set it up, I wanted to use the experience that I'd gained over my years. Um, when working for a property management sister company, I realized that I actually really enjoyed training people and, and passing on knowledge. Um, I'd written articles as a consultant in my early 20s. So with technology for hotels, what I wanted to do is sort of demystify the technology and basically help hoteliers deliver the best guest experience possible. Uh, along the way as well, we've become focused obviously in um, helping them enhance the productivity of their team as well. So it's, it's you know, that, that contributes to enhancing the guest experience. So, yeah, that's, that's my background. All the time hotel with a couple of little deviations into other industries over time, a bit of importing and things like that. But Wow, that, that's so, uh, so nice, Brenda. And so interesting because, uh, well, usually the guests here at least, they do have a, a much more, let's say, approach to where they, they start, oh, I'm a, you know, people business, you know, I'm a, I'm a, it's more like that. And you are more uh, data science and technology from the beginning. And then you go to the techno and you go to the hotel industry, but you still have this. And then it feels like almost, uh, I don't know if you understand me, but it feels like almost the 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 other way around you know when when i talk to the others uh um other professionals and i think that it's brilliant and i love that your grandfather it's your grandfather right that it's uh, described himself as, like a, yeah, like a grandfather. yeah a hotelier back then that's that's really something special really He's during during the second world war he was a hotelier um in france and uh he even uh you know catered to uh to, to the, the German forces and things like that, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it is amazing. I'm going to try to, you, you said you posted something about it on your LinkedIn. I would definitely... Uh, sometime ago, yeah, when I, when I found his passport. Yeah, uh, I, I, I will try to, 
it would be good if we repost it sometime. <laughs> yeah, so we all can check it out because it's really, really cool. Uh, but since, uh, like you said, you've been, you, you, from what I understand, you've been educating the industry about the benefits of technology since the early stages. And, you know, you're talking about uh, when internet, even internet itself was not even big yet. Sure. Uh, and now everybody is talking about how the pandemic is speeding up the adoption of technology in hotels because mm. as we all know i think it's it's a, it's a global uh phenomenon that the hotel industry is known for being a traditional one uh so uh brendan from what you were to, uh, you were watching now but from what you're seeing now in hotels is it really happening it is are hotels really looking for technology or at least at least looking at the possibility of adoption of technology more now and if so, in which way you're seeing this trend? Or is there any department that you think now, well, uh, uh, all the focus in, in, is in that specific one that's getting more affected by technology? Sure, sure. That's a great question, Paula. Thank you. Um, yes, I mean, the pandemic is definitely speeding up the adoption of technology. Um, we've started to see a lot of contactless technology come into play already. So hotels have removed, you know, the, the compendiums, uh, the room service menu, you know, all the physical items from the room, um, as many as possible have been removed. Even things like minibars have generally been removed from the room. What they're being replaced with um, generally is a, um, you know, software web-based solution rather than, it could be, could be progressive web app. Um, where the guest uses a QR code, or it could be an app that the guest downloads. It depends. There are, you know, the, both are out there. Um, generally, the preference is towards a progressive web app, which means the guest doesn't need to download it, particularly if it's only staying for one or two nights. Um, one of the things the pandemic has done, particularly here in Australia, is taught everybody how to use a QR code. Previously, you know, in Australia, QR codes were quite rare. Um, now probably, you know, 80% of the population know how to use it, which is great. So what hotels are implementing is the compendium, the room service menu, minibar on demand, um, guest requests, all of those sorts of things. The guests may, you know, have uh, looked at the menu, actually picked up the phone. Now they're actually doing it via their own device. Um, great for the hotel. Um, there are some obviously some cost savings in not having to print that that collateral anymore. Uh, it also means that they can make changes very quickly and easily. So you know the room service menu. If the guest rang up and said you know I wanted the steak, you don't have to say look I'm sorry we're out of steak. They can actually update that menu you know on the fly. The guest brings it up. No steaks on the menu because it's not currently you know available. Um, so that's a benefit. Obviously, for the, from the guest as well, they get benefits. Um, not every guest wants to talk to a hotel staff member. Language may be an issue. So these products actually cater for, for multilingual as well. Um, but the guest, if they're using their own device, can also communicate with the hotel wherever they are. So they might be at the pool, and previously, you know, they'd have to wave down a waiter and say, you know, can we have a drink? Now they've got their phone. There's generally a QR code, you know, by the, the lounge on your little table. You scan that. 
order your drinks, it's perfect. So once again, going back to the hotel, it's a labor-saving device for them because the guest is actually doing their own ordering and they now just need staff to deliver. Lots of hotels are also talking about uh, web-based check-in and mobile key. Um, web-based check-in is probably the easiest. Um, you know, airlines have been doing it for a long time. I think it's it's time that, that hotels started started doing it as well. Um, yeah, so I've seen a lot of hotels um, looking at that technology. You know, it's been on it's been on the radar for a long time. Hilton have have been doing it for ten years or so, but it hasn't really become mainstream. I think we're going to see that technology become mainstream over the next two to three years. Yeah, about the web check-in, uh, well, I used to work in a hotel uh, before, and even when I was like, what, I don't know, it's been six years at least, yeah, the last time I, I worked in a hotel. But anyway, even back then, you, we already have this um, online check-in, right? And there was yep. one thing, at least here in, in Brazil back then, was like uh, the hotels would put that option but uh guests would not know the they don't they didn't use it at all like it was uh, really uh it was really amazing because the same guests that were like complaining about oh i have to stay in a queue you know in a line for the check-in <laughs> would not do it online but then we realized that well uh, they were not being educated i think it's a lot of you know education not just for the hotel industry yes it's several hoteliers but also for the for the guest perspective, and I think that's when uh, many hotels, even the ones that are adopting technology, you can correct me if you if you're mistaken or if you you know see other things. But we see here, like even the hotels that are adopting technology, they don't uh, they are not clear about what they have. They are not uh, they are not informing uh, what the what it's a disposal. Yeah. So then it's like it's a, they don't use it. <laughs> it. It is quite a. It's always been something that impresses me. Actually, um, I don't know if you if you see this too happening there in Australia. This kind of disconnection almost about um, guests and hotels and technologies. You do. We. we I often see that um, if the management team is not behind the product. Um, and they educate the staff. The staff, if the staff don't feel comfortable, then then the guests won't use it. And it, going back to the internet days, you know, we had to educate staff and get them to feel comfortable about mentioning that mentioning we now have internet, because a guest would ask a question, well, what can I do? And if the staff are like, well, I don't really know, then they didn't feel comfortable mentioning because a guest might ask a question they can't answer. So you're quite right. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go. One of the things with the pandemic, though, we are seeing um, it is a perfect opportunity to introduce new technology to guests. Um, and we have seen, look, as you mentioned, guests saying, why do I have to wait in a queue? You know, the check-in process, I've been saying for many years, it is a transaction. A lot of hoteliers say, no, it's, it's the welcome to the hotel and it's important. Unfortunately, I think guests are now smart enough to know it's not really a welcome. It is actually a signing of documentation, handing over of credit card details, etc. There are better ways to do that. Um, 
And I think the airline industry has shown us that, you know, I think I looked at the statistics, more than 60% of guests actually do a web check-in to a flight. Currently in hotels, it's less than 5%. So we've got a lot of room for improvement and I think we will see that um, in the next couple of years, definitely. Yeah, uh, you're totally uh, right, Brendan. Uh, you you mentioned earlier in the in this question when you're answering. Uh, it's also a matter of uh, sometimes we see this too. Not only I was talking about the uh, the hotel not providing information about what they have to guess, but it's also a question. You're totally right. Of uh, sometimes it's the top management that hires or buy a product, a technology product, and don't train the staff and the staff don't feel comfortable using it so it's a you know it's a chain of things it's 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 not just getting a software and you know the manager buying a software and that's it it is it is a lot of work also in training like you with, said i think it's really right 100 with, with anything um the software actually or or the solution you put in is often the easy bit the change management aspect is, is it, particularly if you need to change people people's habits and their procedures and the way they do things um, that's and you know we've done housekeeping software over the years and um, that's always hard head office want to introduce the software because it gives them reporting and information it doesn't actually improve housekeeping's job or make their job easier and therefore you know it just hasn't really been successfully implemented uh, in a couple of cases. So, Yeah, that brings me to the next question, actually, uh, that we were already talking about. Uh, in order to embrace and adapt this um, new new wave of robots and systems and technology, uh, which skills, Brenda, you think it would be good to develop as a hotel professional? Because, like I said, uh, as we all know, hotel industry is quite traditional. Uh, but now it's there really many changes in so many levels happening. And one yeah. thing that I can think about that they have to be hotel professionals now, they, well, any professional now, have to be really uh, flexible uh, and open to new things. So in your opinion, if, do you see like it will be also a kind of uh, change in, in terms of skills? And and the profile, let's say, for the hotel professional, dual to this uh, wave of technology that it's coming. Yeah, then that's a really good question. Um, I think there will have to be a change. I think what we're going to see um, is, um, you know, less staff for the next twelve months or so, at least until things get back to normal. Um, but what I think we will also see is technology, you know, helping staff. Um, so the example of, you know, guests doing their own ordering, but staff obviously still delivering, offering service. We're not suggesting that service, you know, robots necessarily now do all the delivery. I can't see that happening straight away. There still will need to be staff, but technology will need to be used. Um, so from a skill set, I think we need to see hoteliers are a little bit more technical, um, that can look at a problem and be comfortable um, looking at technology as a potential solution hand in hand with people. So I think that's the key thing. You, you're going to need people skills. I think people skills are going to be 
even more important because um, with what we're doing now is we'll take away the transaction where you, when you check into the hotel, a person looks at their computer and, and checks you in. Now, the interaction between a hotel staff member and the guest will be a genuine interaction. There's no computer to hide behind now. Um, so that's the first thing. Whenever I talk about technology though, or, or any piece of hotel equipment, I always warn against personal bias. And what I mean by that, I see it a lot. People, and we're, you know, we're all guilty of it, we predict trends or we perceive that our guests need what we need. So people tell me, like, I, I don't use an alarm clock at home, so my guests don't need an alarm clock. You know, I use my mobile phone. Um, another example is, you know, talking to a very senior person within a hotel group, his phone does not support wireless charging. Therefore, his guests don't need wireless charging. It's too early. Now, it so happens that, you know, he doesn't care. His phone is, you know, three or four years old, but his guests have got, you know, iPhone 12s and, and the latest, and they want wireless charging. You know, if, if particularly if you've got it at home and you've got it at your office, and then you go to a hotel, and it's like, oh, man, I, I don't carry my cable anymore, you know. That's just one thing I see a lot. Um, and then the other thing is obviously doing some good research, um, making sure that the technology you're putting in is actually solving a problem. As you said, sometimes people just put in technology and say, well, that, sh that should fix everything. You know, you need to couple that technology with obviously staff training, education um, as well. So. Yeah, I think there's two really great tips here, uh, Brandon, that I, I, I really, really love. And one, it's a, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think we assume a lot. We assume that mm. the guest wants this or that. And many times they do, uh, hotel, hoteliers don't do actually research or, or, I don't know, they actually don't know the guest needs. Uh, like you said perfectly, we, we just base our things the things on our personal lives and it's not the case you are not your guest sometimes many times it's yeah. a completely yeah. different profile yeah. and and i think that it's um you, you you hit the nail there it's really really uh good advice and also the second one that you said it's actually uh is this really helping me uh my it is solving my problem and it comes to the, the i think it's the number one uh, uh thing that hoteliers must know is what is your problem what is where exactly <laughs> is your problem because yeah. i think they don't do not they don't just do any diagnosis at all they just uh well i can say because i work in a hotel tech company and and they're just like oh i want this i want that's like yeah but do you do you really is, is this really what's gonna you're gonna benefit from <laughs> i think that's it's, it's so basic and still get lost it's a it's i think you, you did it really really good points there uh, thank you yeah i think sometimes um as hoteliers um we look at what everyone else is doing and you know particularly sometimes if it's a you know a premium hotel people say well if they're doing it, it must be the right thing and it's not only the hotel industry i can i can you know like I, I, we had a hotel well we had a hotel group here say you know, we put this software in because 
two of the leading companies, one being a bank in Australia, did that as well. And it's like, well, yeah, but the hotel industry is different to a bank, you know. So <laughs> just because they did it, does that mean it was the right solution? Yeah. But yeah it is yeah it is i think uh, do you have any any maybe practical tips i don't know uh, when you do the consulting or anything like really simple of course uh the first thing they can do like to actually do this diagnosis how how, how they can do that should they uh i was we talk a lot about marketing here uh specific yep. and one things for example just to to give you a practical it's it's basically to like reading your reviews right uh and knowing where <laughs> what people are complaining uh do you have do, do you do you um do you guide your your clients to do this or how how they can actually have this uh data or information uh, yeah properly i think one of the most important things um they need to understand is the current network within the hotel um obviously there are two you know stages or two components to that but the guest network you know that the internet um, is running on etc so I get a lot of hoteliers say you know oh we want to in implement casting and so I ask them about you know how good is your internet you know do you get guest complaints and it's like yeah we get quite a lot it's like well you need to address that first because if you layer a casting solution over the top you're just going to put more pressure on your network and those complaints are just going to escalate. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's that whole network piece is is really important. Hotels don't appreciate um, the complexity of the network these days. You know, um, I, I hear lots of stories. You know, hotels just uh, having smart TVs and then they connect them up to the network. Um, I'm not sure why they connected them to the network but they did and so you've got you know 400 tvs actually polling the network and then guest complaints just went through the roof because the network just ground to a halt because these tvs are always talking on the network i'm here i'm here i'm here yeah. um so there are lots of things you know, like i think the network is important um from a guest point of view internet is is you know a key requirement it's just as important as you know, a good shower and a good bed these days. Yeah. Um, so looking at the network, definitely. Yeah. Especially now, sorry, interrupt you. Uh, especially now, because a lot of uh, hotels are becoming actually a place to work. I have so many, at least uh, we can see this trend here, because it's, you know, everybody have to work remotely and, and sometimes you have kids around and you're like, okay, now I'm going to the hotel before to relax. Now it's to work. So if you don't have an internet, then if you have any kind of, business opportunity then then now if you don't have a good network the uh, internet then it's yeah then it's even we've, more complicated <laughs> we've seen that here um in in australia we have um i think it's probably about 14 hotels uh certainly um there may be more but returning australians have been put into forced quarantine for a 14-day period within a hotel so they're not allowed to leave their room. Um, so what we have seen is obviously, you know, the internet in those hotels is getting an extreme workout. So you may have a, a 300, 400 room hotel and everybody's on the internet. Now that's 
traditionally never happened before, you know, because if you, even if you've got a business hotel, you know, people come back from, from the office, they may do some emails and they go out for dinner, you know, but, but not 400 rooms using the internet doing streaming and casting. So there have been a few hotels that have actually realised the importance of their network. Um, and I think what we need to, hotels will need to do in future is make sure that they keep that network in, in good condition um, because there will be more. You know, if we're talking about yeah. robots in the future, etc., they are all layered some way or another on the existing network infrastructure that you've got within your hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brenda, it is such a, I think it's a fascinating topic, of course, and it's, and we could go on and on here. Uh, we are heading, starting to heading to the, the final question, unfortunately, and it's a, a, a bold question, I guess, because uh, it's, would you dare to predict what will be the hotel trend in 2021? Of course, it's a very, uh, it, it is hard, because of the whole situation, but you did manage, man, uh, Brandon, I saw your LinkedIn, and you did manage to predict QR codes one year ago, and you got it right. Well, so I think you're, I, you're, you're the person to talk to. <laughs> I'm not sure I can say I predicted it, but I, I, I did write a year ago, you know, why, do, why don't, doesn't the hotel industry, particularly here in Australia, use the QR code, you know, because it, it can do so many things, and lo and behold, we, we have got there, um, not only the hotel industry. When I look at 2021, um, I mentioned it before, I think web check-in will become far more common. Um, even you know, with companies like booking.com now, that was hard in the past because you didn't have contact details for the guest, so you couldn't offer web check-in because you didn't, you know, you didn't have a way. Now booking.com give you a temporary email address so you can offer that service to the guest. I think we're going to see web checking go up dramatically. Um, we will see mobile key become more commonplace as well. But mobile key is not necessarily for everyone. It's probably, I would guess, somewhere around 20% of the guests, your regular corporate guests, your regular leisure travellers. You know, if you're staying at a hotel, you know, um, once a year, like a special celebration weekend or something, you know, you're probably not going to use mobile key. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing. The other thing I've been talking and thinking about this, um, I think within the next uh, 12 to 24 months, um, things like um, a, a middleware or service bus, um, so what I mean by that is, you know, a, a basically a software solution that um, can handle interfaces, almost like a can you know think of it as a power board, where you plug interfaces into this middle layer or service bus, and it does the communication. Traditionally, you know, the property management system is sat in the centre of the wheel, and the interfaces of of being spokes of that wheel. Um, that has been a limitation for, for many hotels because, you know, they, they can't do anything unless they change the property management system. Um, we've seen hotel groups like Citizen M introduce this, this technology many years ago with, with great success. Um, there are a couple of hoteliers 
here in Australia that are looking at that technology as well. Um, and I can see, you know, as we need to change more rapidly in the future, having a service bus actually gives you more flexibility, if that makes sense. So, you know, as I said previously, the property management system was the, the, the stranglehold, so to speak. It's probably not a great term, but and you were you were limited in what you could do. If the property management system didn't have an interface to this revenue management system that you wanted, or this door locking system, one had to be written. It took time. It was expensive. You know, often you would be you would have to choose this door locking system because that is the one that worked with your property management system rather than this one over here, which you thought was actually a better option. If you've got a service bus, those issues um, become less important because the property management system is just one of the components on that power board, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm not a, a very, <laughs> I'm not expert on technology per se, the technos, the, the technos issues behind it, but from what I said, it would be easier, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it's easier to even, for them to talk to them to connect everything so it doesn't it, you don't depend on the pms uh it's something like something let's say higher or i don't know how to call it and then it's, it makes it easier to everybody to to connect to this big thing is it is that correct exactly okay. correct so the, the property management system is just one of the items on this power board and you can change your revenue management system unplug it plug a new one in it starts talking across that layer and any any bit of software on that power board, so to speak, that needs that message gets it. So, you know, the property management system sends a, a check-in request. The door locking system says, yes, I need that. The PABX says, I need that. Uh -huh. You know, the in-room TV might say, I need that. So the one message gets sent and any system that needs a check-in message receives that message. Um, that, so it's just a, nice. I think it's a, uh, a more intuitive way to create um, and handle interfacing, which has been, you know, interfacing has been a huge issue. HTNG actually, you know, was established to address many of those issues by writing, by creating standard protocols, um, which has been extremely important and very beneficial this probably takes that to a, a, another layer yeah yeah so. from other said it's a it's a we already talk a lot nowadays uh about integration between these systems we mm. why we, it's so important because otherwise for a hotelier point of view it's it's a mess you know if you have to handle each one differently and now what from my understanding this is I, like you said, it's another, even a higher level, level up this, uh, this kind of communication, internal communication between the technology. It's really, really interesting and something new for me. So I'm, I'm guessing it's, it will be also new for many of us, uh, many of the people that are listening to us now. Uh, well, Brendan, uh, you <laughs> thank you. Uh, but th thank you so much, Brendan, for, for chatting with us today in this episode. And before we say goodbye uh, to our listeners, is there anything else you, you would like to, to say, like the final message or or at least leave your contact information so people can uh, reach you and, and 
and ask you questions if they have more? Yes, certainly, Paula. I'd be happy to answer any questions. So people can connect with me on LinkedIn, um, Brendan Granger, um, or look for technology for hotels. So it's technology with the number four and the word hotels. Um, so yeah, so technologyforhotels.com.au. Um, and yeah, if anybody's got any questions, love to help them. Um, I will, I will leave your, uh, yeah, I will leave all your contact information on the blog post and I, I do recommend everybody to follow Brendan. I do follow him for uh, more over a year now, I think. Uh, and it's, it, it's always great insights. You, you, you do have a lot of, uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, educational, uh, materials you're always writing and making videos and all that so i i highly in encourage listeners to do that and follow you because it's it's always very insightful brando so thank you again so much for for your time so much for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well uh thank you and that's it for today everybody thank you all for tuning in and be sure to follow ask suite on spotify check out our website askweet.com to learn more about the 2021 Hotel Tech Award winner chatbot and how it can help your team perform better and increase revenue. So thank you again and stay tuned to our next episode. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark.